Welcome to Bayside's podcast. Our prayer is that this message will bring you some love, truth and life into all that you do. OAC is the organisation I worked, work for, OAC Ministries. Started in Sydney in 1892 with a lawyer thinking, people aren't coming to church anymore. We need to go to where the people are. And we still have that philosophy today. Caleb asked me to talk a little bit about what I do, but I figure it might be easier if you just grab one of these magazines if you're interested. They're down on the barrel. If the pile runs out, then there's a box behind the barrel. There's plenty there. Uh, If you're interested in reading about what I do, OAC Ministries, we're in a church now, so I can actually say we do evangelism. Normally, no, normally I would say outreach because everyone knows what outreach is, but evangelism is a church word. I thought today I would begin by introducing you to a friend of mine. His name's Blocky. Everyone say hi, Blocky. Do you feel a little silly talking to a bit of wood on a rope? No. Hey, I've been teaching Blocky how to do a few tricks. So when I count to two, I want everyone, not just the kids, everyone to say go and then stop. Okay, you got that? Okay, three people have got it. Do I need to explain it again? All right. So when I count to two, you say go and then stop. One, two, Good boy, Blocky. Everyone give him a big clap. Okay, let me show you it wasn't a fluke. Let's do it again. On the count of two, everyone say go and then stop. Are you ready? Two people are ready. Three people are ready. Very good. One, two. Good boy, Blocky. He did it again. There's some people here aren't looking very impressed. Maybe you need to say it a little bit faster. When I count to two, you say, go stop, really fast. Let's give it a go. On the count of two. One, two. Good boy, Blocky. You listen as I tell Blocky what to do. Uh, Blocky, are you getting a bit nervous there? What was that? Oh, Oh, the smelly armpits. If I was in the Philippines, I'd say, mabahu kilikili. Blocky, go slow. Good boy. All the way to the bottom. Good job. Everyone give Blocky a big clap. You're probably wondering what on earth has a block on a rope got to do with Christmas? Well, absolutely nothing at all, but it's a good trick, so I thought I'd show you. Inside my bag here, and this does have to do with Christmas, because inside my bag, I have the real reason why we have Christmas. Now, I need some volunteers to come out the front, reach into my bag. Now, you need to watch out for the crocodile. He's just around the corner there, and there's a big python over this side, so you've got to be careful of them. You're still volunteering. Reach into my bag and pull out a hanky. Now, I promised I haven't used them. And on the hanky will be the real reason why we have Christmas. So who's going to be my first victim? A volunteer. Would you like to come up? Come up onto the stage so everyone can see the picture on. uh, Don't look. Just reach into my bag, pull out one, one of the hankies. Okay, show everyone what the picture is. We have a picture of, if you turn it around, it's a bit darker. We have a picture of Santa. Huh? 
I said, inside my bags, the real reason why we have Christmas. Now, Santa's a lot of fun at Christmas time, but he is not the real reason why we have Christmas. You take Santa away, we will still have Christmas. And inside my bag is the real reason why we have Christmas. I need another volunteer. Would you like to come up? Reach into my bag. Oh, sorry. Watch the crocodile. Okay, we have a Christmas tree. Now, who loves the decorations at Christmas? They're a lot of fun. Who goes around looking at people's houses all decorated in lights? It's great fun. In the Philippines, they put up their tree at the start of September. That's September with an S. It's obviously not a real tree. It's a lot of fun, but inside my bag I said I had the real reason why we have Christmas. And if you take the decorations away, we would still have Christmas. Santa's not the real reason why we have Christmas. The decorations aren't the real reason why we have Christmas. And inside my bag is the real reason why we have Christmas. Would you like to come out the front? Come up here. Reach into my bag. Jump up. I still need some more people, so looking for people who are sitting nice and quietly. Reach in. Grab out one of the... the, What is it? It's a picture of a... Who loves the gifts at Christmas time? Hands down, we all do. In fact... After Christmas, I don't ask, what did you get for Christmas? I ask people, what did they give for Christmas? Because even at the end of January, people are still excited about what they gave, yet what they got might have broken or they've forgotten about it or not interested anymore. The gifts are great. And we give gifts to remember that Jesus is God's greatest gift. But it's not why we have Christmas. If you take the gifts away, we still have Christmas. Inside this bag, I did say, we have the real reason why we have Christmas. Now, Oakley, you've been sitting up so well there. Would you like to come up, be my next volunteer, to reach inside the bag, watch the python? Okay, grab it out. What's it a picture of? It's a picture of a... Picture of a candy cane. Hey, who loves the food at Christmas? Who's going to grandma's? (laughs) Lots of food at Christmas time. I could tell so many stories, but it's not the reason why we have Christmas. And the candy cane is even a lolly that was invented by a candy maker in America. I think it was Chicago, but don't quote me on that. And in the candy cane, there is so much symbolism of the story of Christmas. And in fact, the whole gospel, the whole good news about Jesus the stripes of when he was whipped before he died, and it's Christmas and Easter both joined together because it's one big story. Even to the point that it is hard so that you can snap it and share it around. If you eat a candy cane all by yourself, it's not the real idea behind the candy. It's designed to be shared. So is the story of Jesus It's not designed to eat all ourselves. We are to share it. And outside those doors, 
There's a lot of people who don't know. I used to say who haven't put their trust in Jesus, but these days they don't even know. Sometimes the only story they hear about Jesus is what they see in us. Is that story honouring to the Jesus story? Oh, I'm getting a bit heavy here. Can you fold them up? Because they're not the real reason why we have Christmas. My bag is empty. I said the real reason why we have Christmas is in this bag. This is where we tell who helps mum or dad with the washing. Thanks, shove that in there. Who else is ready? Shove that in there. Give my volunteers a big clap. Thank you. Shove that in there. Good job. I did say the real reason why we have Christmas is inside this bag. And I need another volunteer. Would you like... To, and I'll come down to you. This young lady's sitting up so straight, so quiet. Is she going to be brave enough to reach into the bag? Stand up. You're amazing, Grace. Reach into the bag. <laughs> Mum, help her. There we go. Reach that. There we go. Would you like to show everyone what's on this one? My bag is still empty. And on this one, we have little baby Jesus. The real reason why we have Christmas is to remember Jesus' birth. Now, in Luke 2, chapter 11, it says they, um, she gave birth to her first son, wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, the story goes like this. Mary and Joseph knocked on the door. The innkeeper opened the door. Yes, can I help you? Oh, yeah, me, me and my wife are pregnant. Well, she, she's having the baby. I just look like it. And uh, we're, there's no room. We're, we need a place to stay. And the innkeeper said, stroking his beard, hmm, I see your predicament. There's a census on. Of course, there's no room. Wait a minute. I'm full up too, but there is a stable down the back. It's not much, but it is warm and dry. You're quite welcome to use the stable. And well, the rest is history. Jesus was born in a dirty, smelly stable. What if the story went like this? Mary and Joseph knocked on the door. The innkeeper answered the door. Hmm, yes, can I help you? Oh, yeah, me and my wife are pregnant. Well, she's the one having the baby. I just look like it. And uh, we're wondering if you had a place for us to stay. Hmm, yes, said the innkeeper, stroking his beard. I, I do see your predicament. But there's a census on there. I'm full up too. Wait a minute. There is a stable down the back. It's not much, but it is warm and dry. Why don't I stay in the stable tonight and you have my room? Now, everybody here is probably going, yeah, if I was the innkeeper, that's what I would have said. But isn't it interesting? At Christmas time, we get so busy with Santa, thinking about the presents, the gifts. We put up all the decorations and, and, and it's all fun. We spend so much time doing the shopping and getting the big Christmas dinner ready. 
But sometimes we don't even think about why we're doing it all. Sometimes we don't even stop to think that this is Jesus' birthday. Of course, he wasn't born on the 25th of December. That's just a holiday to remember the King of Kings was born. This Christmas, are you going to stop and remember? Remember the joy. Remember the peace. Remember the hope that Jesus brings. And it all began with a little baby in a manger. I have here a bag. And it looks like a Christmas gift. The colours on it, it's just like Christmas wrapping. And inside my bag, uh, it's brown. Because the brown colour reminds me that, just like I said, Jesus was born in a dirty, smelly stable. I mean, if I was God and I was thinking, where, where should I have my son born? Hmm, I know, a hospital or a palace. But no, Jesus was born in a dirty, smelly stable. On the inside of my bag, if you watch this carefully, it's green. Because the green colour reminds me that Jesus grew up. And like, duh, everybody grows up. If I come back here and you haven't grown at all in 10 years' time, I'd be thinking, what's in the water in Victor Arbor? Or Port Piri, what's in the air? <laughs> Inside my bag, no one here from Port Piri is that I've just offended and you're about to walk out the door. Inside my bag is really red because the red, red colour reminds me that the real reason why Jesus came was to die on a cross. And it, everybody loves the Christmas story. We're in at Strath album and they're singing all the carols. All about a little baby. How can you be offended by a little baby? Coochie, coochie, little baby. But the reason why he came was to die on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took the punishment for the things that we've done wrong. We actually don't know much about Christmas. How many wise men were there? Actually, we don't know. There were three gifts. Gold, frankenstein and myrrh. Frankincense. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. There were three gifts. But we don't actually know how many wise men there were. How did Mary get to, to Bethlehem? Well, there's stories about her riding a donkey, but it doesn't say in the Bible. We actually don't know. We don't know much about Christmas at all. We know a lot more about Easter and how it actually happened. Christmas is a nice story. Easter is important, the death of Jesus is important, but the resurrection is essential. And on the inside of my bag, it's yellow, because the yellow colour reminds me that Jesus didn't stay dead. Everyone's so quiet. Should we jump into your feet? Jesus is alive! He came alive again. And because Jesus is alive, we can be forgiven. It proved that he was God's son. If Jesus had have stayed dead, then, well, Paul says, our talking is a waste of time. Our, our trust is misplaced and we are still dead in our sin. But because Jesus is alive, we can be forgiven. We can put our trust. How can you put your trust in a dead man? But because Jesus is alive, we can put 
our trust in him. And that is good news. If you study every other religion that is out there, they worship or they follow a dead man. But being a Christian, our God, our Lord, our Saviour, the boss of our life is alive. When we talk, he listens. So, last trick, and I want to tell you a story. This little one reminds me of people who are really young. Or people with really short hair. (laughs) Or no hair at all. What are you laughing at? When God made heads, he covered up those he didn't like. (laughs) This one here is the long one. It reminds me of people who have really long hair or people who are really old. Why are you all looking at me? Oh, because I'm talking. And this one's the average one. It's not as short as this. It's not as long. So basically, with these three ropes, I have everyone in this room and actually everyone in the whole world represented. Well, when God looks at people, it doesn't matter if you have long hair, short hair, or no hair. The Bible says... So when God looks at people, can you blow on my ropes, please? Could you brush your teeth? No, just joking. (laughs) The Bible says that God loves everybody exactly the same. So I've got one, two, three ropes that are all pretty much the same length because the Bible says God loves the whole world. Would you like to know how I do this? For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, so whoever believes in him, whoever puts their trust in him, will not die, but always live. Maybe you might be able to watch two ropes. Wait a minute, it's the end of the year, it's Sunday, it's almost Christmas time. Uh, let's start with one. Did, did you miss that? A, a second ago, oh, how embarrassing, I just pulled the ends off the rope. Uh, Can someone say stop, please? Okay, I'm just going to put the ends back on before, there we go, before anybody notices. Now, it really works with static. You get a little bit of static over here, and you get a little bit of static over here, and when you bring it together, they join, you see. But don't worry, I'm a professional. Oh, it's got lost in the, in the mic. There it is. The ends go on just like that. In fact, most people think it's the ends that do all the work. It's important to keep the ends together, but it's really the middle, and guess what? I'm so cool. <laughs> Oh no, guess what? I can pull the middle of the rope. So it doesn't matter if I play with the ends or the middle. You see, here I've got one. Oh no. The ends just fell, oh, they go on like that. If I, look, if I fold my rope in half and, and, I, and I put the ends in my pocket like this, I want everyone to um, count to three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look at this. The rope turns around. Where's the ends? The ends are in my hand. Where's the middle? It's in my pocket. <laughs> Who's sitting up nice and straight? Would you like to look at that one? It's the long one. Probably the perfect one for you. Are you sitting up nice and quietly? Would you like to look at this one? And uh, just to make sure that nobody gets left out, would you like to look at that one? <laughs> Can I have the long one back? Is it stretchy? It is. Uh, That's good. It's not. Now I need this short one. This is keeping me fit. Thank you very much. 
And uh, who's got the average one over here? Just like that. So three ropes. On the count of three, I want everyone to click their fingers. Ready? One, two, three. Look at this, the rope. They're all the same. Wait a minute. <laughs> They're not all the same. Um, if I just adjust the ropes, you'll see that. Yes, they are. There's one, two, three ropes. They're all the same because the Bible says God loves the whole world. That's why we get so excited about Christmas because the little baby in a manger reminds us that God loves the world. One, two, three. Three that are all different. All right, I want everyone to put their hands up. Too slow, put them down. Everyone put your hands up on the count of two. No, no, on the count of two. Are you ready? One. Three days ago I was doing it. <laughs> Tricked ya. You've got to be quick. Are you ready? On the count of two, everyone put their hands up. Ready? One. <coughs> oh, I think there's a fly in here. One, two. Oh, he's so slow. Hands down. Hands up on the count of two. Ready? One, two. Oh, very good. So give him a bit of a shake. Give the person next to you a high five. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is a true story. It happened on Christmas Eve in Russia. We all know where Russia is these days. And it happened about 400 years ago. So remember, Mrs. Brooke is looking for people who are sitting nice and quiet and listening because she is so generous looking for four kids, was it? Amazing. Uh, James, James, uh, yes, your majesty. James, what I want you to do is I want you to take off the royal coach and I want you to put on the runabout coach. Uh, yes, your majesty. Uh, James, do that in five minutes, please. I, I need to be quick. Uh, yes, your majesty. Well, meanwhile, King Ivan went into his royal palace and he went up to his royal bedroom. He took off his royal crown and put it on the side table. He took off his royal robes and put them aside. He took off his royal pants and their royal, his royal undies. He put on this dirty, old, smelly pair of pants. Had a big rip in the knee and the stitching was coming undone down the side. They were dirty. They were filthy. It looked like someone had cleaned the royal windows with them. And then he put on this dirty, smelly shirt that was missing the buttons and uh, the pocket was sort of dangling down and he ripped it off because he knew it was going to be annoying for him that day. And then he put on this dirty, smelly coat which had no buttons. And so he knew at Christmas Eve in Russia, it's really cold, so he needed to have that coat closed. So he sort of pulled the coat through the buttonhole and put a nail down through there to keep it closed. And then he grabbed this dirty, smelly hat which had a hole in the top and a bit of hair stuck up through the hole. And he went out to meet James, who was faithfully waiting out the front of the palace in the runabout coach. And James was whistling Christmas carols, you know. <laughs> Why do we sing Jingle Bells at Christmas time? It was written for Thanksgiving Day, and it's not even snowy here at Christmas. We're, we're a bit strange, aren't we? Anyway, huh? Gods, there's a poor man hanging around the palace. Wait, wait a minute, as you were. King Ivan. King Ivan came over to the runabout coach and James said, King Ivan, what are you dressed like a poor man? And King Ivan said, uh, James, I don't want to talk about it as he climbed up into the runabout coach. 
James, take me to town. But, but, but King Ivan, you, you... look, James, if you really must know, I'm so tired of being introduced to the people of my town and just seeing the bald patch at the top of their head. I want to get to know the people in my town, and I figured this is the best way of doing it. And so James got the horses going, and they flew into town. Well, they didn't exactly fly. It wasn't like Santa and his reindeers, but they went really fast. And when they got to the top of Main Street, which was the main street in town, pulled on the handbrake, did a big slide out in the snow, and King Ivan climbed out of the runabout coach and said, James, meet me back here at 6.30 tonight. If I'm not here, come back at 10.30 tomorrow morning. Are you sure, King Ivan? Yes, I'm sure, James. Yes, your majesty. He turned the runabout coach around, went back to the palace, leaving King Ivan dressed like a poor man at the top of the main street, which was called Main Street, on Christmas Eve. Well, King Ivan walked up to the first house. It was huge. The people in this house, it was a mansion. They had a little gate and footpath with flowers and a, a doorstep, which was in front of the door, by the way. I suppose it's a good place for a doorstep, doorstep. If it was in front of the gate, it would be called the gate step. But this was in front of the door, so it was called a doorstep. And he tried knocking on the door, but couldn't reach it because he didn't want to stand on the doorstep because it was so clean and nice and didn't want to dirty it. I mean, couldn't reach. So, oh, wait a minute, doorstep. You've got to step on the doorstep. And he knocked on the door and a, and a man answered the door. Hey, what are you doing here? Go on, get out of here. I don't want anyone like you near my house on Christmas Eve. Go on, get out of here. And he slammed the door in the king's face. Well, the king was quick. He shoved his foot in the door. Someone called me a tow truck. Forced the door open. Thanks for laughing. Excuse me, sir. It's it's he changed his voice so no no one would recognise him. It's Christmas Eve and and I don't have a place to stay. Do, do. No, go on, get out of here. I don't want anyone like you near my house. And he shut the door. Well, the king thought, huh? He said he had no time. But it's it's Christmas Eve. I don't have a place to stay and. He's got no time to, to look after me. Oh, well, just the first house. He walked on to the next house. Are you listening to the story? Walked on to the next house. It, too, was a large house. And it, too, had like a footpath up to the door. And it, too, had a doorstep. And he had learned from the last one. He stood on the doorstep, knocked on the door. This time, a nice lady answered the door. Mm, yes, can I help you? Do you like my nice lady voice? And the king, dressed as a poor man, so nobody recognized him, said, eh, excuse, excuse me, ma'am, it's like Christmas Eve and I, and I, and I don't know, I have a place to stay. Do, do, do you think I, I could come in and, and stay, stay with you tonight? Hmm, said the nice lady, stroking her beard. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't have room. Uh, my whole family's coming over. It's Christmas and... I, Look, I've got to clean the house and, and I was just stuffing the turkey. Like, that's put stuffing in the turkey. If I stuff the turkey, boom, I'd stuff a turkey. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I just don't have room. There's so many people here tonight. You're going to have to go. And the king 
said goodbye and left. What was the excuse from the first house? He had no no time. The second house had no. He went to every house in the, the street that night, that day, and they all gave excuses. Why, they, why he, the king? Of course, they didn't recognize him as the king, but why the king couldn't stay with them that night. When King Jesus came to earth, there were a few wise men, a couple of shepherds, who came and worshipped him. But nobody else recognized him. He had 12 followers, a few women and a whole heap of others that did follow him. But most people during his life either didn't believe who he was or didn't recognize him. Do you know what was funny? The religious people of the time, they were actually looking for the Messiah, for God's Son, the Chosen One, the Promised One. And when the Messiah came, they didn't recognize him. Just like most of the people in this village didn't recognize the king. Well, king looked at the sundial on his wrist. It wasn't working very well because it was a cloudy day. It was 400 years ago. They didn't have, like, Apple watches. And uh, it was almost 6.30, so he thought he'd better go and meet James. So he was walking up the main street in town, which was called Main Street. (laughs) And uh, as he walked past this little alleyway, he looked down the alleyway and he saw this little old house that was falling down. Oh, nobody lives in that house anymore. Wait a minute. There was definitely smoke coming out of the chimney. Oh, if people are living in that house, they're too poor to look after me. I'll just go and meet you. Wait a minute. I have knocked on so many doors today. What's another one? So he went down this little alleyway. Could you just shove your feet in so I don't stand on them accidentally because I don't want to call a tow truck for you. (laughs) And he got down to the end of the alleyway. He walked up to the house. He didn't know where to stand because they were too poor. They didn't have a doorstep. But he knocked on the door. Then he had to catch it because it almost fell off the hinges. A man came and answered the door. Yes, can I help you? Ah, it's Christmas Eve and I don't have a place. What? You don't have a place to stay? Well, don't stand out in the cold any longer. Come on in. And I was wondering, huh? What did you say? I said, if you don't have a place to stay, don't stand there any longer. Come on in, be our guest. I was just cooking dinner and I've put all the vegetables in the vegetable soup. But if I put a little bit more water in, it will go around if, if you're interested. And the king said, yeah, yeah, sure, that's wonderful. Th- thank you. And so that night at dinner, the soup was very watery. It wasn't like the rich, creamy soup he would have had up in the palace. But he enjoyed the conversation around the table with the man and and his family. And they went into the lounge room after dinner. And the man said to him, listen, uh, we're we're just going to sing some Christmas carols. Would you like to join us? But don't don't sit on that chair. It might break. It's not a very strong one. Look, we don't have much money. I've just lost my job. But what we do have is yours to enjoy for tonight. And he did enjoy sitting around the fire, singing Christmas carols with them. 
the man and his sons and a couple of daughters. They sang some carols. And then after that was finished, the kids went to bed. They were so well behaved. He didn't even need to tell them. They just went off, got their pajamas. It was just like a dream family. <laughs> and uh, he said to the, the, the man said to his guest, listen, I've been sleeping in the, on the floor in front of the fire. I don't, my wife's really sick at the moment. I haven't liked to like disturb her so I've been sleeping on the floor in front of the fire it's actually the best place in the house because when the fire goes out the bricks stay warm hey listen I'll sleep on this side of the room on some old newspapers you're quite welcome to sleep over there well the king didn't sleep much that night because the hard bricks they might have been warm but wasn't as cozy as his nice soft inner spring mattress up in the palace. The next morning, all the kids were saying, Merry Christmas, giving each other gifts. They weren't much, it was just stuff they had wrapped in newspaper. And they might have made it, or a toy that they had had, and they wrapped it up, and they were giving it to their, their brothers, their sister, their dad. One of, the li- one of the little girls noticed that their guest, no one had given him a gift. So she went into her bedroom. She got her favourite teddy. It was missing an eye and the, the stitching had coming undone down the side and its stuffing was hanging out. That's like teddy stuffing, not turkey stuffing. Don't put turkey stuffing in a teddy. Woo, it stinks after a while. But she wrapped it up in newspaper, gave it to their guests. She didn't realise it was the king. And the king opened the newspaper wrapping and inside was a broken teddy. But it was the girl's favourite toy. It was actually her only toy. She had given him everything. And a tear welled up in the king's eye. He, list, he said, listen, I've got to go. But thank you so much for, for having me here tonight. Thank you so much for, for your hospitality. You're amazing. I'm going to come back and I'm going to reward you as a family. Well, the man was nice. He didn't say anything. How's he going to reward us, though? (laughs) It's like he's got nothing on Christmas Eve. But they just stood there and waved as King Ivan walked up that little alleyway, leaving footprints in the freshly fallen snow overnight. When he got to the top of the main street in town, which was called Main Street, James was faithfully waiting there. He jumped into the runabout coach. Home, James! I've always wanted to say that. He got the horses going and they flew home. Well, they didn't exactly fly home because it wasn't like Santa and his reindeers. But they went really fast back to the palace. When they got back to the palace, King Ivan said, James, James, get my doctor, wrap up some presents, load up the royal coach, take the runabout coach off, put the royal coach on. James, James, get my cooks to cook up a huge feast. Just get all the king's men and all the king's horses because we're going to go back to town. And quick, James, do it in 10 minutes okay your majesty meanwhile king ivan ran into the the palace he was ripping off all those clothes he ran up and did a big flying jump into the bath he was just glad he had servants to run the water otherwise he would have got a sore bottom and he washed himself up he he had to then do a quick nudie run into the bedroom because he had no servants there they were all helping james to hold the towel and he dried himself off and he didn't put on dirty old smelly clothes 
He reached over, grabbed his crown and put his crown on. And then he put on his royal pants, his royal shirt and his royal robes. And this time, not as a poor man, but as a king, he went out to meet James. This time, not as a poor man, but as a king, he climbed into the runabout, uh, the royal coach. And this time, not as a poor man, but as a king, he went back to town. And the people at the top of the main street, which is the main street in town, were coming out saying, Merry Christmas, King Ivan. It's so good you could come to town. Especially on Christmas Day. Come, have Christmas with us. Have Christmas lunch with us. We've got plenty of time for you, King Ivan. Huh? Different story yesterday. He just drove on by. In the next house, people were coming out saying, Long live the king. Merry Christmas. Come in. Have Christmas with us. We've got plenty of room for you, King Ivan. Huh? Different story yesterday. King just drove on by. Hey, King, stop. Don't go down that little alleyway. That man's got a sick wife. You need to know this stuff. King, I don't go to spend Christmas with us. It'll be so much nicer. But King Ivan stopped out that little old house down the end of the alleyway. And this time, not as a poor man, but as a king, he climbed out of his runabout coach. And this time, not as a poor man, but as a king, he walked up to that little old house. He held the door as he knocked on it. Man came and answered the door. Oh, your majesty. The king said, don't you recognize me? Of course I recognize you. You're the king. No, no, no. Stand up. Look in my eyes. You, you, you stay, stayed here l- l- last night. Yes, I did. Now you've got the funny voice. <laughs> I said I was going to come back and reward you. Here I am. James, bring in my doctor. Have him see to this man's wife. Bring in the presents. Bring in the food. And sir, you said you lost your, your job. Would you like to come and work for me in my palace? Would I ever? Will you start on Monday? In fact, I've prepared a place for you to stay. You move up this weekend, start on Monday. I said I was going to come back and reward you. Here I am. And the Bible says one day, King Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back as a little baby in a manger that only some people may have recognized. The Bible says he's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and one day every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So my question to you right now is not, will you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? It's when will you? Will you voluntarily say, Jesus, come in. I want to put my trust in you. Or at the end of the time, however that's going to look like, will you be forced to? 
Jesus is wanting a relationship. He's wanting to get to know us. He's wanting us to put our trust in him in everything we do. And what an amazing time of the year to put our total trust in him. Kids, when you're 50, looking back, thinking it was 2023 at Christmas time, when I decided to put my trust in him. If there's anyone here who has never asked Jesus in to their life, to be the boss of their life, don't go home today without talking to a leader that you know and you trust. Kids, if you've never put your trust in Jesus, and, well, he did die to take the punishment for the things that we've done wrong. If you've never said, look, God, I'm really sorry for the things that I do, thank you that you died on the cross because you loved me so much and I want to put my trust in you. Today, as you're driving home, if you know your parents love Jesus, you say, Mom, Dad, will you pray with me? I want to put my trust in Jesus. Because one day, he is coming back. One day, he is coming back for those people who have said, come in. I want to live my life for you. Jesus is alive. And what a day that will be. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you gave it all. And I pray that every person here will know what it is to be forgiven, will know what it is to have put their trust in you. Thank you that one day you are coming back and we look forward to that time. In the meantime, I pray that you'll help us to tell the world the wonderful story that you have given us the wonderful news that we can have a, a relationship with the God that created us. We thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can visit us at baysidechurch.org.au or listen to any more of our podcasts on your favourite listening app.